Welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast. Today, like another industry, again, a very interesting perspectives I've gathered um, today. Uh, you're from, uh, I would say, the grocery supermarket um, industry. Maybe introduce yourself and Araya. Nice meeting you. Uh, so my name is Fred Levy Perrault. I'm uh, French. I'm currently CEO at Araya Supermarket. Araya Supermarket is a fairly old supermarket chain in Saudi Arabia because it's 31 year old and uh, the advent of modern trade is fairly recent in mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia. And this uh, uh, chain of supermarket have some unique aspect. One unique aspect is that it's only present in the western part of the kingdom. That's the first point. Second, only present western part, like Jeddah area. Like actually, anywhere along the coast from Jordan border mm. to Yemen border. Okay. And uh, a second uh, unique trait of Araya is that uh, Araya was a pioneer in having stores in uh, smaller towns. So therefore we have a lot of, I would say, country store, supermarket that are in very, very small city in the countryside. And the third unique trait of Araya is that we have bakeries in each of our stores and therefore we bake fresh bread for customers and we highlight the cheapest bread available in the kingdom, which is at one real before VAT. So one real is 20 cents of uh, uh, euro. But how, how many bread is it? So you have 460 grams. So that's, that's 460 grams for like a, uh, a lot of value cents. for money. Mm -hmm. And as competition avoid to do this, uh, Araya does it and does it with excellent quality, with different type of choice. Most bread for money. I will note it down as a use. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, customers love it. Customers love it. And uh, uh, we have 52 supermarkets. 52. Mm -hmm. And uh, my role in this company is that actually the company is a bit of a sleeping beauty. That is, it didn't change for 30 years. And when I say didn't change, it didn't change a thing for 30 years. And therefore, at some point, uh, we, could not, uh, we could no longer meet expectations of customers. And we would see customers leaving to competition. And that's when some new shareholders came in uh, in the capital mm. and I was brought in as CEO in order to uh, transform the company, modernize, review the concept and uh, later on develop the business. When did you join? So I joined two years ago mm. and uh, in two years we've worked a lot on uh, systems, organization and data because uh, Uh, there was very little data in the company. So if I, would, uh, uh, if I were to visit an Araya supermarket today, I cannot compare it with like an Edeka, Aldi or Carrefour uh, supermarket. It's, it's, old school is like a bad word, but it's like way more traditional, like from an assortment perspective, from like an experience uh, perspective. But I see, um, I, I just had like a, I had one guest also uh, who, who came from the um, uh, refrigerator industry selling to supermarkets and they said that was like in the last like two decades, uh, the biggest addition to many supermarkets, like adding big fridges. That I find at Araya already, right? Yes. So uh, Araya is, uh, uh, if you go to Araya, you will see uh, an older looking store. At the same time, you will see uh, a choice of fresh item that is more developed and, than competition and really connected to the type of consumers we have. And a store that has 
I would say, more attractive price than in the past because uh, we have been developing a lot of entry price items to face uh, the current situations in the kingdom. That is, uh, the purchasing power has uh, been going down for a lot of customers. Really? Therefore, they why, are... why is that? Because when, well, I, when, I, when I was invited to Saudi or like to do this, uh, the, the, the expo here, I thought like, Money is coming out of the ground because of oil. Oil prices uh, yes. uh, went up. Uh, everybody must like mm. drive in supercars uh, mm. here. And now you're the first one telling me that the yeah. purchasing power is going down. Why? Uh, basically, the subsidies of the government to different utilities like electricity, like uh, petrol, like uh, different things that people consume mm. is being reduced year by year because in the long run it's not sustainable. So it makes sense. And then, uh, ah, it was uh, subsidized. Everything is subsidized. It is electricity is subsidized, water is subsidized, petrol is subsidized, and, and therefore it, it used to make life very, very cheap in the kingdom. And step by step, this is less true. Uh, that's, that's one aspect. Another aspect is that uh, we have a VAT at 15% when other countries in the GCC have a VAT at 5%. So that's also contributed to increasing the cost of living. And uh, I would say overall, uh, there is inflation and, and you have new areas of uh, spending, like for example, parking in big towns used to be free. Now you have to pay for that. So there are a lot of areas where you have to pay or to pay a bit more than in the past. And as a result, the purchasing power of people yeah tend to be more reduced. At the same time, keep in mind that uh, the kingdom developed entertainment in the, only in the past few years. And therefore, in the past, grocery shopping used to be entertainment. So the budget people would be keen to dedicate to grocery shopping was bigger. Today, they have to make a choice between going to a coffee shop and going to a supermarket, going to uh, uh, see a movie, watch a movie at the nearby theater, and going to a, a supermarket. So uh, the part of the budget that they dedicate to grocery shopping has been also uh, reduced. Interesting. How much do they spend like from their monthly income for groceries? I think like Germany is the world record holder in like low spendings. Uh, you are from France. You must know it because I think they're the world record holders um, on the other side. There's like most spending uh, um, over there. But but what is the um, uh, what is the share here? So how much of the monthly income is spent on groceries? Well, it depends obviously uh, on, on on the incomes. I would say grocery spending would be uh, much lower than in Europe, but it's still significant for families that are very big and have uh, maybe only uh, one income earner. You see here, uh, you have uh, families that live together. Uh, sometimes you have two generations or three generations under the same roof. So depending on how many people actually work, uh, you're going to have a level of income uh, fairly different. Okay, got it. And then one question, because I didn't understand it correctly. So you said one specialty of Araya is they only have uh, stores in the western part of Saudi Arabia. Um, why is that the case? So it's 30 years old, there was like enough expansion time moving also like in the other part. Sure. Well, uh, actually, uh, Saudi Arabia is many countries in one. There is, if you go to the west, you have one culture. And even within the west, you have different culture. 
And therefore, at the time, the owner had a sense of belonging to the West. He had net networking to the West. And therefore, it seemed natural for them to build in the West. And then step by step, the brand equity increased very much in the West. And therefore, it made a lot of sense to keep growing in the West because people lacked very much the brand. Okay, got it. Um, obviously, Commerce Talks has a, a strong focus on on e-commerce. And now you're telling about a supermarket that actually uh, came from a very, very traditional understanding how to serve uh, groceries, with having a very, very interesting value proposition on bread, most, uh, most bread for, for money. Um, how do you, so what's your perspective on e-commerce in your business, especially for Araya? Sure. So uh, we started e-commerce. We we're working with different platforms today. The idea for us is to get acquainted with uh, this business at the same time uh, to make it uh, sustainable because e-commerce in Saudi Arabia, I don't know uh, about other countries, but in terms uh, when, when we're talking about grocery e-commerce or food e-commerce, uh, to make it uh, a sustainable business is a challenge. Uh, and therefore, uh, we're learning with uh, Uh, other companies that are a bit more expert than we are in this business uh, in order to, to grow the business. The advantage for us is that we actually are able to reach different type of customers. That is typically our customers in e-commerce are quite different from our customers in brick and mortar. Uh, we are also able to increase the catchment area of the stores. That is uh, with the deliveries Uh, we are able to reach areas that we don't reach with the stores. So that's, that's the, uh, the interest. From, from, a, from a customer perspective, um, if a customer in Jeddah, and, and I think they, have like, they can go to other supermarkets like Carrefour, I don't know what's like the Western sure. uh, story, um, would they expect a more traditional assortment in an Araya supermarket where there's a special brand of yogurt or something else, which they wouldn't get yes. at Carrefour because... Because of the traditional, uh, um, because of the traditional history of Araya, I would expect there's a couple of vendor relations only Araya has, right? What you say is very, very true. There is uh, Araya knows its customers for a very long time, and therefore, especially in fresh product, we have uh, a whole range of unique items that are not available in other supermarkets, and therefore. We do have customers that are incredibly loyal to Araya because they got used to this choice, they value it, and they cannot find it uh, elsewhere. And also keep in mind that uh, uh, the company has been uh, working for 30 years, and therefore we have some adults today that as a kid used to have Araya bread and Araya cheese Uh, every day when they were going to school and therefore they have, I would say, uh, emotional memories about this and therefore they feel a sense of uh, uh, connection with, uh, with Araya. But you're, you're uh, I think you said it like in, in our intro speech, uh, you are like from a huge supermarket um, uh, chain. So you've seen it like on the other way uh, around. And now if I imagine like all, all supermarket chain in, uh, in, 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 in Saudi Arabia, How do you expect like to manage not a turnaround, but how do you manage to like modernize it? Like e-commerce is like a super fast stretch, I guess. Uh, right? Uh, obviously, there's like other topics that are like more uh, that do have a bit more pressure uh, uh, on that side. It's like 
are like the uh, your your colleagues at Araya saying, "Cool, there's another good idea from Paul. We haven't thought about it yet. Let's do it." Or it's like, do you have to do a lot of convincing? Actually, I for me, uh, working in e-commerce is a driver for transformation. That is, uh, people say, "Cool, why not?" And then it's like uh, suddenly uh, they uh, get into a very fast car and uh, they get a bit frightened at first, but then they get a bit stimulated and say, ooh, that's interesting, very different. And therefore, uh, the, the idea for us of uh, testing with different partners e-commerce is to have a bit this revolution of the mindset to happen throughout, throughout the company. And uh, in that area, it's, it's, it's very useful to have people more connected to different type of customers and another level of, of demand. In Europe, I think the uh, biggest trend we saw like in online grocery the last two years was this ultra-fast delivery uh, businesses. Some of them do have like huge issues now uh, because of the, uh, of the um, uh, P&L situation, but obviously it changed like the perception of many customers on, on grocery uh, purchases overall. Did, did you see any ultra-fast uh, movements here in Saudi Arabia? Was it something that also happened? So it, it is just starting. I believe that for, you know, I like to make a difference between two types of foods, if you allow me. You have food as commodity, as, as utility, uh, basic items. And you have food as pleasure, okay? And, and, and the behavior of uh, customers are very different depending on which food we're talking about. Let's say we're talking about bread. Uh, uh, bread, uh, the experience can make a big difference. And, and price is no longer only the only criteria for you to purchase. If you're talking about, let's say, sugar or oil, then uh, you are more into uh, basic food uh, utility. So to answer your question, I believe that uh, for food as utility, uh, super fast delivery will become more and more prominent because the idea is that, ah, I don't have sugar, I want to cook, so let's type on my phone and let's get the sugar, for example. So it's only the very beginning of this in Saudi Arabia, but I think this part will grow for food as basics. For food as pleasure, that's where the brick and mortar can make a big difference in terms of experience. And what, what is the share of like, when it comes to um, food consumption or like dinner behavior, you have like uh, people cooking, cooking um, at home versus uh, out, of, um, out of home eating in restaurants versus home delivery, where we have like a very strong delivery trend in uh, many Western countries because of the income situation. I think the, uh, the out of home eating is, is, will have like a, a very, very um, uh, complicated year 2023. Uh, not so much cooking at home. I think it's something uh, people are forgetting getting about how, how to do it. How is it here? Is it more traditional still? So here in, in Saudi Arabia, it's more traditional and it's also more traditional because a lot of our souls have house helpers. And these house helpers can cook. But also like the average household, do they have mates and helpers? Yes, it's, it's fairly cheap and it's in the habits of many households. Do you have a cook at home here? 
I don't because I like to cook myself, but uh -huh. actually uh, most Saudis that I know and even foreigners have some kind of horse helper mm -hmm. uh, and therefore these people uh, do uh, a bit of the cooking. So therefore they are much more into uh, still buying fresh items than uh, packaged items uh, already made food. Now. If we talk about the future, the situation is a bit changing. It's a bit changing because uh, with the development of women at work, you tend to have couples with double income and that are busy. And these people do not always have a house helper that is doing the cooking. And therefore, this type of uh, consumers are keen to have food to go or food to eat or food to eat or food directly from the restaurants. So women at work and women driving wasn't a big thing a couple of years ago. It only started recently here in Saudi. That's correct. That's correct. It started about a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's really a revolution because uh, uh, that also contributed to the development of e-commerce because previously a lot of households had drivers. So therefore, when they needed groceries, they used to send the driver to the supermarket. Now that women drive, they f have forgone the driver. So no driver means if I have no time to go to the supermarket, the solution is e-commerce. Got it, okay, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, and do you see um, organic demand from your customers in the stores already? So uh, do customers expect a certain level of e-commerce expertise uh, from, from Araya already? There is demand, but it's still a actually a very small segment of the market. So therefore the grocery e-commerce is developing through subsidies. That is, it's very price sensitive. As soon as you have very low price, as soon as you offer the delivery, the business develop. But as soon as you practice the same pricing as a store and you have no special incentive, it's not yet such a big market. Interesting, interesting. Um, and from an assortment perspective, um Can I expect, like in a Raya store, uh, lots of Western products? Because I have the feeling, regardless if I go to like a, a, a Corting Glass in, in Spain or a Carrefour in France or like an Edeka in, in Germany, it's more or less kind of the same products I'm finding there from an international. Sure. So it's a lot of Nestle products. Yes. Like the dairy products are rather locally produced uh, because, of, uh, because of dairy ingredients. Um, how is it here? Would I find like many Western brands in the supermarket here? Yes, so here uh, you will find the biggest uh, multinational brands uh, in, a, in fast moving goods, you're going to find them. Uh, and then in Delhi, you will find some, a, a lot of local brands. So ultra fresh is really the domain of local brands. Uh, packaged goods, uh, you see a lot of uh, international brands and then you have a also uh, no names that is for budget conscious customers they are very much attracted by price and that's why at Araya uh, we've been developing a private brand at entry level that is often you see in retail what uh, uh, competitors do is they put they build a, a private brand that is competing, uh, competing with the leader of the market. Okay. What we do is we develop a private brand that is really positioned at entry price to satisfy our customers. 
do people still pay cash in your supermarkets, or is it like online payments? Oh, no, online payments, but uh, digital payments like uh, debit cards. It tends to. I mean, debit cards have increased tremendously uh, with uh, COVID, of course. Uh, in uh, in the countryside, is still cash dominated. In big towns now, digital is like uh, the majority. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's like, usually, that's like when uh, when people are talking about what's different in German supermarkets. That's like uh, lots of people, like even like in supermarkets in Berlin or Hamburg, where ah. everybody has like a debit card or even an iPhone who could pay are still paying. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a German behavior. It's, uh, sure. I, 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 I would I would expect that like in France or so, there's not so many people paying cash. Uh, only the poor ones that are collecting uh, cash on the, right. on the street. Oh, it's interesting to hear. That's but Saudis so were very much into cash. Yeah. And I was, I was but surprised. But they're not negotiating at the Araya checkout, right? They're not negotiating the price. They pay what's demanded. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because you say it's like a trader, it's a former trader uh, area, trader nations, so, sure. which is like uh, usually uh, pretty much used yes. to, the, to negotiating like a better, yes. a better price. So, and do you have, a, do you have like, um, already like ideas for a CM system? Because many supermarkets introduced obviously like um, cards uh, which you also registered like during the checkout, so you get like um, uh, individualized coupons, a sure. discount code, you learn more about the customer. Is this something which is common in the region? So that's not so fairly common. I mean, you have uh, mostly uh, fairly poor loyalty programs that yeah. are not so exciting from the customer viewpoint. Uh, we plan to change our IT systems uh, next year uh, and therefore uh, to, to, to build a, a loyalty program that can be exciting for people. At the same time, what's, uh, the, the challenge here is that people are very basic and it's all about, about discount and they are very much focused mm. on, on the discount. It makes it even harder from the e-commerce perspective because one of the driver. Uh, drivers, the pricing, price drivers for e-commerce now in uh, in the Western world is obviously logistics costs because unit economics logistics is like it's, it's definitely increasing. Um, what about the logistics infrastructure then in in the areas where you have your supermarket? So imagine you have this kind of online platform uh, or some e-commerce experience. Yes. Are there reliable logistics partners you can uh, that could like? Uh, take the box from your supermarket or from a central warehouse, which is like the future solution, I guess, and uh, bring it to the customers, or would you have to do it yourself? So there are a lot of, uh, uh, for home delivery, there are a lot of uh, specific companies that do it. I would say that the service level uh, is not so fantastic, but compared to logistics in the kingdom, it's, it's fairly okay. Uh, but at the same time, you see, when you use an, uh, an outside company to do the delivery, uh, how do you communicate the value of the brand? That's, that's a question. There is uh, uh, sometimes you have uh, very shabby uh, uh, delivery people that uh, convey uh, the purchase to the customer and, and the service level, the personalization, the attention to, to the customer is not there. So here in this area, I would say cost-wise, uh, it, I guess it's cheap compared to Europe because the price of oil is, is very cheap here in the kingdom. Uh, now, if you look at the quality of service, there is a lot to improve. Okay, so and then obviously if you want to improve like the quality of service and, uh, and to have like a reliable service, then this adds like a lot of on the PNL on the on the cost side, which you have to add then on the uh, on the checkout yes. price. Okay, that's like that's 
doesn't make your life easier when it comes to e-commerce, I would say. You just, uh, are, uh, you just are spot on, on on the key issue with food e-commerce, in the kingdom at least. That is, to make food e-commerce sustainable in the kingdom is extremely difficult. And, and I, 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 uh, I cannot imagine one player making money out of this uh, today. But the players in Europe or in, in, in the US we are seeing, they usually start with uh, curbside pickup. They say, okay, you can uh, select online, uh, you can pay online, but uh, we, we free you up from, uh, from, the, from the task of going through the supermarket. We, we pack the box already, we put like a huge fridge or a huge container next to our checkout area where you can just pick the box. Or we put it even outside of the supermarket so you can like pick it up like 24 hours. Do you have any experience with that? Here in the kingdom, for some reason, it doesn't exist much here yet. But uh, for us, Araya, I think that uh, once we do e-commerce internally, we will start with this because we believe that there is potential there in terms of sales. Uh, it still brings convenience, especially, you know, when we have good promotions, uh, a lot of customers are worried whether the promotion will be available or not available. And therefore, uh, okay. if they are far away from the store, they will think twice before driving to the store because they say, hey, if I drive that long and don't get the item, I will have wasted my time. Mm. So that, in, in, for such purchase, for example, uh, that would allow us to uh, grow sales without the whole cost of home delivery. In, in, in Germany, uh, we have a very dense uh, supermarket infrastructure, so most people won't drive longer or further than like 1,000 meters, maybe 2,000 meters. So the average consumer of like an Araya supermarket, how far is he willing to travel? So it depends whether we're talking about towns or country. Because in, in big towns, uh, people can drive 15, 20 minutes away, typically. If you are in the countryside, they can drive an hour or more because uh, you have a lot of villages. Usually you have a small town, the desert, and a lot of hamlets all around. So actually you uh, also, we are a neighborhood store by essence. We become destination in the countryside. And therefore, for these people, it's very important that they uh, make sure that what they want to buy will be available. And, and those people, how often do they come to buy? Like every week or every day? These people typically come uh, once or twice a month. But when they oh. buy, they buy uh, in bulk. They really buy uh, very large quantities. But they are able to plan like their monthly consumption, so they know they know in advance what they're going to eat uh, and uh, drink next weeks. Uh, typically, uh, what they're going to do is buy the commodities once a month, and then the fresh items they will buy them on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Because obviously, there's like different like buying behaviors sure. every country in Germany you have like the standard uh, um, basket size like 20 euros or so like people rather come like every day or every second day nobody's able to plan anymore everything needs to be like spontaneously available which makes it, it makes life for many supermarkets a bit uh, a, a, a 
a bit uh, a bit harder. And then uh, maybe let's talk about like the market uh, structure um, overall, because in, in other countries, obviously, you saw like the the growth of like um, uh, bigger supermarkets, hypermarkets. So and. I, I'm a big believer in like specialized supermarkets, like for uh, good value for money, uh, which can serve like the customers um, on spot. I'm not so such a big believer of hypermarkets, but it's really about what is like the consumption trend in in the country. W what have you seen so far here in the kingdom? So this year, the trend is uh, for people to go more to pop and home shop. Uh, keep in mind that in the kingdom, modern trade is only 50% of the market. Modern trend is only 50% of the whole grocery market, and the rest is buying in smaller pop and mom shop, uh, like in Mexico, those, those small yes. uh, tienditas where they go where, where people are selling out of the living room, more or less. Really, uh, and uh, you have more than 30,000 of these small uh, pop and mom shops, and, uh, and therefore. When people have want to dedicate less budget to groceries, one way is to go to these nearby stores because they know they won't have much temptation. So actually, even though individually they will pay more for the items, the total budget spent will be less. Uh, so to this year, that is a bit the trend of, uh, of consumption. For Araya, fortunately, uh, with our, our new presentation on development of fresh uh, ranch and uh, the different uh, improvement we've done in our stores, we have a, a double-digit uh, customer growth. Uh, but for supermarkets, this year there is less uh, visits than in the past. Interesting, because just a guest in the podcast was uh, um, the e-commerce manager from Mercado Michael, which is serving, they are kind of a distributor for the small mom and pop uh, um, uh, stores. And they say, so obviously one of the reasons is they, you can buy in smaller chunks. You don't need to buy the one, one liter ketchup uh, um, um, uh, in the supermarket. You get it like in 100 milliliter uh, doses. Uh, but the other um, answer is that they have a lot of customers that are living on a day-to-day -day budget because they don't know what kind of income they will have like next day, and this really influences their buying behavior. It's also like uh, you also have like in in lower income groups this kind of very volatile income here in, in Saudi. I'm not sure we have such volatile income, but I uh, do think that uh, uh, a lot of low-income people do not really manage their budget. And the advantage of pop and mom shop is that they know uh, the customers of the neighborhood and they provide free credit. So that's also an advantage for them. Now, on new remarks, I would say that uh, we have developed lately uh, smaller packages. And uh, even these smaller packages, we can see that their sales are going up very much. So people a lot of people are less inclined to spend big on something, even on product like detergent, for example. Detergent, we tend to have a development of sales on both extremes. There is either the big bag of 40 kilos of detergent. 40? Yes. Or the, the very small bags of 125 grams. And then it's going to be promotions. Interesting. Any other consumer trends that are uh, that are sticking out from your point of view, which you have never seen in other markets? Uh, 
Well, actually, you know, uh, the kingdom has changed tremendously uh, because when I arrived 11 years ago, price was only the fifth uh, criteria for people to select the store. And I was very surprised because I have worked in retail in 10 different countries and I've never seen that. Usually price is among the top two factors with location. And here it was number five. And I said, come on, what is this? It's not possible. And then I saw year by year it was going up, going up. And now it's number one. So I would say this year people are really uh, price driven. And uh, you tend to have... Uh, a bit of uh, polarization of purchase. That is, you have either the biggest brand or the cheapest no-name. But brands that are B brand or C brands tend to suffer much more uh, today's in terms of sales uh, because people don't want to compromise. That is, either they want to invest and they say, okay, I want to buy a brand, but I want the best brand and it's okay. Or they go for the no-name at entry price. Interesting. What are the other criteria? Sorry, selection is one criteria. Uh, price. Yeah, well, you have typical. Uh, now you have. It's it's really in line with the uh, international uh, norms. That is, you have price, location. Uh, location. Yeah. Okay. And uh, choice, uh, typically. Price, location, choice, and. Uh, yes, and uh, in Saudi Arabia, people are consuming a lot of fruits and vegetables. So fruits and vegetables is also a key to attract people. And the key is to have not always the best price, but to have the best price value. People are keen on price value. You see, this is a country of desert. And for a lot of these people, fruits and vegetables are like candies. You know, they still value the taste, they still value uh, so you eating fresh vegetables. Like consumes a bigger part in the supermarket? Uh, it does. Yeah? It does. When I compare to the space allocated to uh, produce uh, in Europe as uh, here, there is no comparison. And if I look at uh, uh, the, the, the number, I mean, the, the, the quantity we sell, uh, we sell huge quantities. Uh, and and the, most of the products, are they, are they grown domestically? Do they come from Saudi Arabia or do you import most of the products? Uh, for, fruits and, for fruits, most is imported. Mm -hmm. For vegetables, now uh, more and more farms, and local farms are developing and therefore uh, our objective at Araya is to reach 80% of our sales with uh, local vegetables. And what are, the, what are the main food producers? I guess like the, some of the Southeast Asian countries uh, because of the climate, or India? Where is, it, where is it coming from? From all over the world. Okay. And I would say Holland is a big exporter of vegetables. They are so big that they're exporting into the kingdom? Yes. Interesting. Yes. yes. Interesting. And they're obviously exporting their, their um, uh, production capabilities because that's what you're going to build here, right? This kind of greenhouses and Absolutely. some irrigation systems. So, for example, uh, uh, Dutch people, I mean, Dutch industry is uh, leading here in the country the development of a greenhouse for hydroponic agriculture. Hydroponic is uh, uh, growing big, especially for tomatoes, you see. The, the basic uh, diet in uh, vegetable is uh, concomba, onion, and tomatoes. And then one last question, because I'm super interested uh, so it's like how this works out. Because when I'm talking like to um, grocery uh, managers in the European countries, obviously one big chunk of income is like the 
um, alcohol-based drinks so on the beverages side. And you see, like, if you go like, to, to a beverages assortment in like European supermarkets, it's, it's huge. 50% alcohol, 50% uh, juice and, and, and water. So, and obviously, most of the people, almost nobody is spending like, money on alcohol here. Um, what, is, what kind of pleasure drink do they have? Is this, is, is this kind of a specialized coffee then? Or is it like a different set of drinks you're offering in the supermarket? Yes, uh, drinks is uh, uh, a fairly big category, not as much as in Europe because there is no alcohol, but still a fairly big category. And the new trends right now, uh, you have three trends. Energy drinks, which is uh, really uh, a, a, big, a big chunk of uh, sales. But the international in brands? Monster, Red Bull? So you have a few international brands and a lot of no-names. Then you have all the, uh, uh, what they call iced coffee drink, that is very fashionable. Uh, mm. And then you have all kinds of healthy drink, whether it's healthy tea or healthy milk or uh, non-dairy milk or these kind of things. So that's really, these are three segments that are growing uh, uh, fairly uh, fast uh, today. Uh, you know, there has been in the kingdom uh, has developed a, 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 what we call a, a sin tax. So what is bad for you, uh, there is a special tax so that you are not inclined or indulge yourself too much into this. And therefore, this is impacting all uh, beverage that has uh, sugar in it. And that almost doubled the price of these, uh, of these items. Really? Yes. Okay, but, but, uh, but sugar itself also has the sin tax? Nope, but uh, the, okay. the beverage with uh, a lot of sugar cake. have that. Cake? Cake has a syntax? Cake do not have syntax. Ah, yes. it's like... Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then I understand much better because I've served here all the day. Yes. Paul, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It was really, uh, really cool. Really learned a lot about the uh, grocery industry uh, uh, here. And wish you best luck, obviously, with uh, e-commerce. 